0: Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Welcome to the Jennifer LeClaire Show. I'm interviewing some awesome guests and sharing personal insights along the way to stir your faith. Hope you enjoy it. Claire here you can see in the spirit I want to invite you to take the seer activation challenge 30 days to clearer spiritual sight. I'm going to be on board doing seer activations with you, guiding you through biblical entryways and much, much more. You can opt to take the seer activation challenge at tinyurl.com slash seer activation. tinyurl.com slash seer activation. You can also opt to get these three books, seer dimensions, Hey guys, Jennifer LeClaire here, senior leader of the Awakening House of Prayer here in South Florida. And I want you to share this video right now with everyone that you are connected to because. I have a very, very special guest, a good friend, a tremendous man of God with me, and we're going to dive into a topic that will hope to bring clarity uh, over some terminology that we hear quite often. Uh, You know that God is, is raising up young people. He's raising up old people. People are coming into their callings later and later, finding out their prophets even in their 60s and stepping into their anointings, which is wonderful. But I think that sometimes we get confused we hear a term, a buzzword, and we apply it in a way that is not necessarily accurate. Now, all of this comes from a Facebook post that I posted yesterday that went absolutely viral. I posted it on my personal page. Many of you read it. And I sort of tackled this issue of the misuse or the overuse of the term Generals, And I believe there are generals among us today. I believe uh, folks like Bishop Bill Hammond are generals among us, pioneers, so many different words, giants of the faith. Uh, But I think that, I believe that, and I've seen that 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 word, that term is thrown around so loosely now uh, that it's almost getting watered down. It's almost like when I say, I love you. You know, you say, I love you to everybody. You don't love them. So the term love has been watered down. And and I brought on the broadcast today, uh, a man of God who you are probably familiar with by the name of Roberts Laird and he is the man who has written this series of books called God's Generals and I want to uh, introduce him he's got a church in Orlando I believe also a church in California as well you planted in California I've got one in
1: Orlando one in Orange County California I got two on the opposite sides going right now
0: see that's that's amazing so roberts tell them a little bit about what you've been doing what you've been up to before we ta- tackle this really yeah. controversial topic
1: well i was living in england for five years and the lord sent me back a few years ago because he said america's become a mission field go home and treat her like one when i returned from england i was in shock at some of the conditions that were happening so we built uh overseas we build churches and schools and then build more churches so i came and began embassy international church in orlando uh florida and i restarted the church out in calvin i had from years ago it kind of faded away and even the remnants of it kind of faded away and i thought well let's do these two that i felt impressed to do plus i'm running more general's books i'm doing television and i'm traveling and speaking and uh, got our ministerial network. So we're moving all these things uh, to take care of those who God sends us and take care of the territories that God gives us responsibility to. And so we are busy and happy and believing God for breakthrough every day, just because that's how you live on the front lines of the mission field. So that's what I'm doing in a nutshell. I'm not dead. One guy said to me, I thought you were dead. You wrote these books so long ago. Well, I guess I was in my early 20s. I'm 53 now, but I still got at least 40 years to go. So I'm not dead yet. So it was kind of <laughs> fun when he said that.
0: It's so funny when you so. become very known for a specific book or a series of books, and then you, you don't write as much anymore. Now, you, you've written, though. How many books have you written? Like 50 books, 60 books? More than that.
1: I've got 84 out now. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, people think so. I'm busy. That's, that's wild.
1: Well, I write three books at a time because when you have what you call writer's block, Just change to the next book and you won't have writer's block no more. And that's how I fix my writer's block. And plus, when I'm traveling, I work on planes and hotels and I get up like I go to the office when I'm in a hotel. I get up, shower, get dressed and sit down the little desk in the room and work. So I make my Mm -hmm. day as productive as possible, even when I'm on the road. And that's what I've done for years. That's one reason why I I write books, because I can do Mm -hmm. that in the room.
0: I've written like 30. So you'll have to lay hands on me and give me some of that. productivity. <laughs> <They're laughs>
1: A book will outlive us. They will live after we're gone and they'll go places. We could never go in person. They'll get to go and we'll get to talk to people there. So I love the power of
0: books. Amen. Amen. Likewise. Now, let me ask you this. I'll jump into this. You are recognized around the body of Christ for coining this phrase. God's generals. Before that, we, we use terms like giants of the faith or, uh, you know, pioneer, and we still use those things. But when you coined this term, God's generals, what did you mean by that? What was the definition or how would you describe that? The
1: definition that? that I came with uh, the term God's generals was someone that had a, uh, a strong leadership position in the body of Christ that had fulfilled a lifetime commitment to that cause or that message, and left a lasting impression even after their death. And they live, were a standard by which we look to in the word or in that message they were called to carry or that ministry they built, that their life and their ministry was so that we would look at as a standard of what to do. And also if they made some mistakes, what we can learn from them because they succeeded after their mistakes. So they had a present uh, national international presence and their, after their death, they had a great status too. Uh, that would be in a nutshell. They fulfilled their call. They overcame uh, what the st- the struggles of their culture and time and their personal life to maintain a healthy plan uh, and, and example of how we can live and succeed in our life. But it's over a lifetime. And a lot of people I think are using the term, uh, Lucy, like you said, because they don't know what it is. They just call right. it a title and that they've overcome persecution. They've endured time. They've endured ups and downs in private life and stayed faithful. Uh, There's a lot that would go into those things because what mostly I think people talk about today is their anointing and the manifestation of God through them. Yeah. They don't know the whole story and they don't know the, the longevity. Like Smith Wigglesworth did not become Smith Wigglesworth until after his wife died at 51 or 52. So when we say Smith Wigglesworth, we refer to him 50 older, not 50 younger. And people don't realize those kind of things. And it's not that big of a deal, but it's becoming a definitional deal because I've been concerned to like you have about this is being used to loosely. And it's more than just getting an anointing in the room. It's a life that's lived with that anointing over time. And did you fulfill your cause at the end of your life that God will say, good job, well done. And um, some of them that we're honoring didn't do that, and I wouldn't call them generals. I'd call them nice people that tried. But, <laughs> you know, but again, that's that's what I would mean by it, and we can go deeper. But that's the broad sense.
0: Well, and and you said a lot there in a short period of time. You're concise. Mm-hmm. I, I've watched all your generals series. I've got the books. I've I've watched the videos on YouTube over and over and over, both the old ones and the new ones. And the common denominator in all of that was it was a life that was committed to God. It was a like you said, an international impact. It was uh, it was just it, it was more than a few good meetings. It was more than a a bright shining star, a one hit wonder. It was more than and it was time tested. And, 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 and what I'm hearing you say, if I'm not wrong, is over a lifetime that would that would it's indicate a yeah. yeah. So so that would indicate that if you're you know 25 years old, even if you're powerful, you're anointed, you, you're, you're gifted. Card. Yeah, you're just starting. You're not. A, you're not a general. You know, I, in in the natural world, I know we can't parallel everything to the natural. But in order to be even considered to be a general in the military, you're like in your 60s at that point. So this is something that's a, like a long tenure. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think most of the generals, when I interviewed them, those that were alive when I interviewed them, they didn't know they were. They wow. Wouldn't, they wouldn't consider themselves that. Like when I interviewed Or Roberts, I used the term. I said, "Brother Roberts, we consider you a general." He goes. You do? I go, Brother Roberts, we're sitting in your university that you're built by seed faith and all that you've done. He (laughs) goes, well, I I just obey what God says and my goal is to get it done. So that's the way these guys think. Like Lester Summerall said to me one day, I said, how do you become a great man of God? He goes, you do something good for God every day and man every day and it builds up over a lifetime becoming great. And that's the way they would talk about themselves and they never would use the title. They just did the work. And we observers would give them that title. But in their head, if they, even they accepted it, like I think Oral Roberts knew he was Oral Roberts, but he still kept himself at a position of the servant that obeys the Lord. And my job is to finish what he told me to do. And their view to his holiday starts when they get to heaven. The older generals did not look for a vacation on earth in the sense of I'm retiring. Mm-hmm. They just uh, their job was work on earth, vacation when you get to heaven a whole different mindset that i would love for our young friends to get that inside of their spirit and develop those traits that make these people great because you can become a general but you shouldn't know you should just do the work of god and do it in a certain way that it builds fruit that remains and you become a standard by which people compare themselves to and say they did it this way and the fruit was this we should consider it
0: that's really really good now i want to stop right here and i want to say to all the young people watching me, this is not an affront to your anointing. This is not meant to uh, belittle what you're doing in God. Uh, I just feel like it's important to be accurate in the spirit. And although this is a natural term, I, I feel like we should never aspire to anything. We should never, you know, the Bible says to covet To prophesy, but not to covet the office of the prophet. So, in the same way, we shouldn't covet or or, or want these accolades of men. And and I'm concerned that that is what sometimes can happen in the social media age, where so many people are exposed so quickly. A prophetic word goes on Elijah list, goes around the world, and you know we we maybe have haven't gone through some fires yet. So, the Lord told me when I was in awake, I was in New York City a couple years ago, to pour my life out as a drink offering for the next generation which that would be the millennials and so i love millennials i love young people my daughter is a millennial i love the anointing that you carry and the zeal for the lord um and so this is a no way to uh downplay or disregard what you're contributing to the body of christ because we need you i just feel like we need to be accurate in the spirit and, and it's not even about calling young people generals that i have an issue with it's about calling anybody in general who's not a general whether they're 80 or whether they're 60. Yeah. Uh, my concern is some of these yeah. titles sometimes puff us up
1: yeah i would agree I, I think we're in a generation that likes titles uh they feel entitled and they like titles and um, I come from a time where your fruit labels you by obs- people's observation of what you do and how you do it. I still think that's a good Christian rule that you just go do your ministry, you make sure it's quality, biblically sound, ethical, and all that, and over time your your fruit and your consistent builds a reputation that eventually becomes uh, a title that is granted by the public because it's so mm-hmm. obvious what you are. It's a, it's a fact of life. And You know, we start, Samson had a great gift. He was the strongest man that ever lived, but he didn't die right. Mm-hmm. He had a great event on his death, but he could have killed he to live longer. Joseph was a young man in a similar situation who got in trouble uh, when he was a slave in the house, but he kept his, his life together and he died with a great history and a great saving of the nation of Israel. Uh, and then his life story. So we, we have to realize it's a lifetime. It's not an event that makes you a general. It's a lifetime of obeying and recovering from your mistakes, keeping your heart right, and bearing fruit that remains and not worrying about title or position. Do the stuff and the people will know and God will say.
0: That is that is really, really good. I, I, I think that we all, myself included, we have to just stay focused on what's most important. It's really easy you know, people come to me calling y'all me ki- with all kinds of very sincere compliments. But, you know, Catherine Coleman, I know that you'll know this. Catherine Coleman once said that she didn't read the letters uh, of people because she didn't want to be puffed up and she didn't want to be attacked. And I'm sure I'm not saying it exactly right. You could probably quote her more, more directly, but she didn't look at all that.
1: Yeah. She um, she uh, I'll say it like this. They ask her, how do you stay encouraged? And she says, I have just enough encouragement to stay encouraged for one day. All the rest of the praise goes to God. So that's the way she kind of balanced all the talk. Um, She didn't listen to the public because they flattered her and they criticized her. And I think all generals have to learn how just to obey the call of God and not listen to the flattery or the negative. Because uh, popularity creates talk and it creates positive, negative talk and public opinion changes like weather. Mm. And so like when Paul's boat sank, he came to shore and the snake bit him. And the people around says the gods have judged you, and he didn't die. So in the next verse, he becomes a god. That's public <laughs> opinion. One verse, you're first; the next verse, you're a deity, and that's public opinion. So we have to stay faithful to the call and not listen to all of this. Uh, not let our excitement create a false platform. Uh, is a wow. very because I remember when I started, I was I was seventeen when my first book came out and sold a million and a half in one year. So I went from unknown to wham. And so I had to adjust and think that I had good people around me, good fathers who just said, shut up, obey your call, preach the word, pray for the sick and don't get caught up in nothing. And they helped me have a good life. Mm -hmm. And so so I hope that people are watching. I want everyone to become great, but it's a great life that creates the title of the general, not not a great anointing or a great event. Like Todd Bentley, for example, has had great revival. And you can look at even like Steve Hill had a great revival but a great life creates a general, not a one event. And I love Todd. They're all my friends. That's why I can call their names. Sure. So we need to be careful because I think sometimes we have a great miracle or we have a great extended revival. And then I'm a general. No, you're a guy that had an extended meeting. We want a great life to go with all those titles.
0: That's really good. You know, I was uh, in Bill Johnson's studio there at Bethel one time. And I know that you're you're a friend of Bill and you know, I was interviewing him and I I asked him, he's a very good man. I said, what do you want to be remembered for? And he said, you know that that I that I finished well. That I love the Lord, and I finished well. And we can start off. Joyce Meyer always says this. You know, we can. It's not how you start off; it's how you finish. You can have right. a bad start in life. You can make a lot of mistakes in your youth. Uh, you can make a lot of mistakes in your middle. But if you keep on going and you finish well, um, you know, then you've 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 given glory to God because it's you know it, we right. we're all going to fall. We're all going to stumble, fall down seven times, get back up again. But but finishing well is so important in this, this day and age. And so. You know, I've, I've, I I've got saved when I was 30. So now I've been in ministry, you know, just about 20 years. Um, I got a late start and Smith Wigglesworth got a late start. And some of you out there who are listening to the sound of our voice, you got a late start. Maybe you're just getting saved at 60 and you realize you've got a prophetic mantle on your life. You know what? It's about what you do in the time you have. Jesus, yeah. you know, he gave the parable about how, you know, they, they, all the workers came into the field and, and they agreed to a price. Some of them worked 12 hours. Some of them worked one hour. They got the same reward. So, do the best you can with what you have. Don't worry about titles. Don't worry about the accolades. And you know, if you search my name on, on Roberts, if you search my name on Google, they call me a false prophet, a false apostle. <laughs> well they, <are>. <laughs> they call me all kinds <laughs> of things. And I, I don't look at it. people ask me, did that bother you? That new video they made about you. And I'm like, uh, no, I, you know, I, I, I'm alive. I'm not getting my head cut off in Middle East. I, I'm not starving to death. And I, I think I'm okay. You know, I think I'm all right. Still pay attention to it. Focus.
1: I think I think we have to realize it's a great life that we're trying to live, not a great event. And a great life is made of many events that we successfully navigated, and we came out with giving God the glory, and it kept pushing us forward. You know, we look at Or Roberts; he's great because he did great things and lived a great life. Kenneth Hagan, great miracle of healing, great prophetic guy, a great life he lived with Miss Kuhlman, Sister McPherson. Now, Amy McPherson had some drama. I mean, she was one of the most highly Ooh. drama of Pentecostal people. Yes. She was married three times, divorced twice, and she still built the four square denomination. But she ended well. With all of her dramas, she was able to recover. The people were able to walk with her. God was able to use her. And she ended with a great life as one of the great, if not the first lady of Pentecost. She was that dominant first person. We, I wish I could have met her, but she was long gone before I was ever born. But she had a great life. So I would love the people watching us to focus on a great life that's made up of great events. And a great life doesn't always mean you're popular. God will take you places where there's no applause. He'll ask you to do things where the support financially is not as big as it was in the last thing you did. That's the weird thing about things. One moment you're the hot ticket in the world, and the next season, well, you're nice, we love you, but it's not the same dynamic. Can we obey God when we don't have the applause and the big crowd or the big emotional excitement but God asked Philip to leave the citywide revival to go to a one man on a chariot that's the way a life is lived can you do that and be happy
0: Wow that's really 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 good listen are you doing more? you're writing more God's generals books can you give us any kind of sneak peek or hint who else yes. are you gonna look at
1: I'm looking at some new ones I'm writing uh, two of them right now I'm writing one on the word of faith leaders of the word of faith revival Brother Hagen, Kenneth Copeland, Norville Hayes, Charles caps those characters. Now, some of them are not gone, but I'm collecting the information now. And I'm working on one called The Child Evangelist. I'm focusing on the early 1900s where there was a movement among teenage and child evangelists that filled like well, this one girl, uh, Aldine, filled Madison Square Garden in the early 1900s of over 10, 12,000 people and when she was 14 years old. So wow. I'm going to write about The Child Evangelist. Because I believe they're coming back to be a part of this revival that we're all sensing and beginning to feel. So I want to give some historical perspective that it's happened and what was good and what we can learn from the mistakes. Because a lot of them, they, they became adults and they didn't know how to be adults and adult preachers because the crowds weren't there. And so someone backslid, someone went forward. But I want to talk about all that. So those are the two books I'm writing uh, right now in the general series.
0: Wow. You know, there's a fellow that you might want to connect with. His name's Bob Hoskins. He was an eight-year-old boy preacher, and he's 80-something now, and he's here yeah. in South Florida. Yeah. I would
1: want to see him, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's, he's the real deal. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share that I didn't ask you about, anything that you wanted to to, to emphasize or call out?
1: Well, one thing I, I would just present, because I know we're talking to millennials or some of our young people on this, God said in the last days that the young and the old will be used by him, And that also means we must be able to work together. And sometimes us older people have certain views because of experience and and, uh, longevity and things. So we look like we're being resistant when we're really not resistant. We just know that that doesn't work. Could our younger crowd give us a moment to explain? Could they give us a moment? Can they pause and let us explain and talk about something so that we want you to be able to be successful and jump over these ditches? and not go through them or go through the heartaches that others have and hit bullseye more often. And sometimes I think the enemy gets in there to cause conflict because there is an age difference. But in the kingdom, we support each other. We have to make mental and spiritual choices to be a part. And I need every millennial to help keep me on fire and running fast. And I need them to keep the new things, the spontaneity and the creativity. I need you in my life and ministry but I might be able to help you marry the right person, stay married to the right person, (laughs) do a better deal, and to teach certain doctrines more accurately that we taught with not the full counsel and we caused trouble in the past. If we could share how we went that maybe you don't have to go through that drama and that thing. So I would suggest that idea and throw that out. Now I know some older people are just grouchy, old, mean people, but (laughs) most of us are nice guys. And so we love to be a part and to share and, and to do that. I planned, as I get old to preach to the millennials' grandchildren or their children. So when I do my last tour of the world, it's the millennial children I'll be preaching in their churches when I leave the earth. That's my goal in life. So I'm a part of you, whether you like it or not. It'd be <laughs> nice to be able to sit down and have coffee with all of them. But just that concept of working together. We need each other, complement each other. And do not forget the power of the local church. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus wants to build the local church and sometimes the church is kind of stuck in certain types of things let's give it a fresh paint and a fresh zeal of power but Jesus wants us to build the church and not just our private little world we have to work together and uh, sometimes the church needs a facelift, and that's why they're there so that's my two cents as we uh, conclude how's that
0: yeah yeah that's really good I agree you know I have fathers and mothers in the faith I listen to and You know, we all need to be accountable to someone, listening, learning from someone and then pouring out into others. And I would say the same thing. Some of these younger ones, when we give you the advice, it's not because we're trying to hold you back or trying to, you know, make you do it our way. We're not trying to make you put on Saul's armor. Sometimes it's just you learn and there are just principles in life and there's wisdom. And, and so we love you. Um, all of you out there listening, young and old, we love you. We're all in this together. Let's love one another, you know, learn from one another. We all have something to learn. Um, if you're in Orlando, ask
1: yes, ask that's questions ask, pursue. pursue. That's how I learned. I went to Lester Summer or Roberts and they call me the guy with a thousand questions. There's no such thing as a dumb question. The dumb question is the one you had that you didn't ask. If you don't know, it's not a dumb question. It's an honest question. And anybody smart, anybody that loves people will honor any type of question what it is. So ask a thousand questions. They create a path for wisdom where you can have greater success and, and more fun
0: amen amen no dumb questions well we'll have to get on here again and do some q a and let people ask questions because you are a rich resource to the body of christ and i was so grateful that you had the time today to to jump out of a meeting and, and get over here and get on facebook live so roberts thank you thank you thank you thank
1: you very much anytime we love you we believe in you build south florida loud and strong amen thank you bless you bye. right bye-bye, bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can visit me online at jenniferleclair.org or sew into Operation Liberation, our missions arm, at jenniferleclair.org/slash missions. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper?